All right. Hey, y'all. It is grab your wallet time. Uh, we've been having fun doing this show. We love you guys for supporting us. Those of you that don't support us, patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them. And John's got some t-shirts. So that's on stealthisbeer.com slash merch. Check that out. Either way, thanks for playing along. Can't believe we get away with this every week, Monday at five. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, everybody. It is five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. Don't not. No, it's not. Don't get afraid. (laughs) Don't get afraid. I'm John Hall, and uh, Augie Carton is not on the line just yet. You would think that months into a pandemic and remote shows that we would have our timing figured out. But alas, uh, in between the previous show that we did with Dave Infante, uh, Augie was like, hey, I got to go do some things. I'll be back on as soon as I can, uh, leaving me in the Augie seat, Cass in the Hall seat, nobody in the Kennedy seat, and, well, I mean, Cass's mustache is still in the cast. Yeah. So I think we're I think we're good. Um, and our accomplices today, Justin isn't here, but he actually gave us some really good notes. Uh, we have Kyle Ackenauer. He is the head brewer at Nod Hill Brewing in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and Kat Michaud. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, that was right. Perfect. Uh, who's also a brewer at Nod Hill. And this is what Justin says. We had Nod Hill's Patters beer, the Ace of Wands on a uh, blind on an episode with Todd Mott back in May. It was well received. The owners are fans of the show and we're excited to hear that their beer is on. So they reached out. Justin tells us that he visited the brewery in June and really enjoyed everything he tasted, including an English dark mild on cask, a brown ale, and a dry hop saison. They have plenty of hazies too. Justin continues probably half of the draft draft list, but seem to find balance between those and much more European styles. They have a cool ship, spontaneous program, as well as a small, uh, that's small, but impressive. And they're opening up their new beer garden on the day that we're recording this which I guess is the end of July. No, because we're recording this in August. So way to go. Oh, you guys were supposed to be on a couple of weeks ago and we bounced you, didn't you? Didn't we? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> that's Justin's fault. That's all Justin's that's fault. That's all Justin's fault. Uh, so Justin finishes up by saying it's a nice place to visit both inside and now outside. So Kyle and Kat, thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for making some tasty beers and certainly speaking to all of the styles that you're making it's uh it seems pretty well suited for this show mouth-watering how's things in connecticut uh good good yeah like like you said we just opened the beer garden a couple weeks ago so we were really busy uh with that project uh for sure it's like a 150 seat beer garden uh with like a permanent food truck and space for another food truck and you know a stage for some performances and all that good stuff uh, which involved like totally redoing our parking lot and a lot of other stuff. So was uh, this, was this a pandemic uh, like forced your hand on it or is this something that you guys always wanted to do? Cause you've been open what, since 2017. 
Yeah, that's correct. Um, so the pandemic just kind of made us realize we needed, not, not needed, but could really benefit from having an outdoor space uh, because essentially once it got nice out uh, during the pandemic, uh, we just put some like long German style beer tables in our parking lot and like roped off an area and it was just like wildly successful. So we just started talking about, you know, things we could do outside. We had some extra space. It was kind of like, you know, overgrown. So we just, you know, cut it down. It's been, you know, a few months process, but um, yeah, the space just opened up and it's uh, pretty great. Yeah, it's hopping. We are blowing through kegs and we are brewing like crazy now. <laughs> so it's kicking our butt. What was it like for the last year with you guys though? Um, without that outdoor space, was it mostly just curbside pickup, um, hoping for, for good weeks when good weeks came? Um, we, we did okay. We, we have curbside pickup. We still had that. And, uh, we did some delivery ourselves, but we, um, self-distribute and we distribute through Remarkable. So we distribute quite a bit and, and that came in handy for sure. So we ended up doing all right. Yeah. We mostly pick, picked up our distribution uh, considerably. And also, you know, another realization was just like how much our area could gobble up and still keep, you know, fresh on the shelf and not, you know, have stuff sitting around. So that's something we realized that Connecticut could really absorb, you know, a, lo a lot of beer. So um, that was a good, you know, revelation as well. I, I give Connecticut a lot of shit, uh, mostly because the state deserves it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there has been this I've been seeing more and more and tasting more and more beer coming out of Connecticut, but I still don't have a really decent handle on what the overall state's scene is like right now. I feel like Connecticut gets dwarfed by obviously New York, uh, what's going on in Massachusetts, certainly other parts of New England. And I mean, Jersey's pretty kick ass these days as well. What what what's it like being a brewer in Connecticut right now? Is it are there still challenges? Is it easier? Is it, you know, still, you know, jerks like me saying, you know, Connecticut sucks <laughs> and just driving through on my way to Boston? I think uh, the scene is like getting really good. Honestly, you have um, a few of the, like the top, top tier breweries, I would say are like doing it as good as anyone really. Um, like Counterweight, Fox Farm, you know, mm -hmm. Kemp Falls is really great. Um, those guys are all just like killing it. And I think that a lot of the scene is young and still maturing and like improving. And it's a lot of like inexperienced brewers, but like they're definitely improving. But then, like I said, um, some of the best guys are, are really worth checking out and doing it across multiple styles too. Not just like riding the hazy train or anything like that. You really have some people dialing in on some European styles um, which is really cool and something that, you know, we're doing, uh, trying to do as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking through your list right now, uh, because I'm, I'm caught unaware of coming to the show. So, um, but I'm seeing a lot of new England style IPAs. I'm seeing a lot of Citra and galaxy and mosaic and Vic secret and, uh, Chinook. And, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, really cool hops that you guys are using in, in all of those. But as I scroll up on the list where I'm more drawn is you have like an English gold nail and two Kolsch's and a pills and a, you know, Cezanne. And I, I'm wondering when you're thinking about like where your beer list falls today, you have to have the new England's on. Cause that's what people are going to 
come for, they're going to look for the hazies. What people choose to do at the other half of their list, if they're going to, is is really, I think, telling about like a brewing philosophy. Um, so having some of these old world style European ales on there, where did that passion come from? Where does that love come from? Well, so um, Dave, who's one of the founders, used to work uh, over in um, London, actually at a pub. So he kind of really turned uh, us on early on to, you know, cask, uh, cask beer and not like cask beer in the sense of, you know, uh, a lot of Americans putting, taking a stout, throwing whatever random ingredient, you know, into it and saying, yeah. this is cask beer, like actually just doing like bitter or, you know, golden ale um, on cask as like a textural experience, not just, uh, and a temperature experience. Um, and like a cultural experience as well, just like a style of drinking, of like being somewhere and just like enjoying it and not being, you know, be, being able to, to hang for a while and not being so messed up on double, double IPA, uh, to be honest. So in terms of that, yeah, he turned us on to that. He's like, oh, why don't we try doing this? We're like, yeah, but if we're going to do it, we have to do it right. So we got the uh, hand pull system. We have this little like cask cabinet that's refrigerated, keeps the beer, you know, right at 52 or whatever. Um, and so we're always pouring different beers. The Dark Mild and the uh, Gold Nail, uh, Pride of Ridgefield, are the two most common um, you'll find on there. Um, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of that stuff. And then we also like, you know, the lager thing hit everyone wanting to, to brew a pills and everything are like, well, this is pretty awesome. Um, honestly, like I was not that much into, into lager before, uh, some of the cool guys started doing it. Really? But then, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like where I came from, uh, brewing, like, I don't know. I got into what, it young and was what, just like, we were drinking all Vermont beers, you know, like, uh, Hill Farmstead and Alchemist and whatever, uh, treehouse and then just never really caught on and then i don't know like you know did the suarez trip and all that stuff and was like oh okay i get it i get it and then just got like hooked really quickly um and then we're like well we have to do this now it's like awesome. i mean not that it's just awesome because great brewers are doing it but it's awesome just from a you know history perspective and just the beers themselves are great yeah it, it it's such a different brewing muscle though right to go from doing hazies or the the styles that you are used to and now you know, taking your time or honoring tradition and sort of playing within uh you know certain certain parameters what's that been like for you as a brewer yeah it was definitely a, a challenge but at the same time the beers that we were trying to brew like we, we really like with some of the ipas and everything are we try to capture like an older style of like soft IPA that um, like Tired Hands was brewing uh, at one point, um, just like really dry, uh, soft, aromatic, like really easy on the palate. And so when you're already trying to brew like that sort of thing, the transfer over to like doing German styles, which are generally also, you know, very soft um, came Pretty naturally, um, the biggest difficulty being uh, just yeast management, you know, learning the ins and outs of working with lager yeast, 
you know, fermenting it properly, harvesting it at the right time, like all of these like little details definitely were a massive challenge at the beginning. Um, but we just did a lot of preparation, a lot of research, um, and it worked out for us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Can I also say Kyle is also a really, that's a good challenge for it's suited to Kyle because he is got a really good attention to detail when, when facing stuff like that. So it, it's, that's a huge part of it too, is how, how he works that stuff out. It's really, he cares a lot about it. So it was, it's just a lot of preparation, like not just saying we're going to brew a pills and do it the next day or, you know, the next week it's like, all right, we're going to take a couple months, do a lot of reading, um, see what, you know, traditionally is done over in Germany. Uh, you know, just, just really intensive reading and have a, have a hard plan of how we're going to attack it and what adjustments we, you know, we need to make along the way. Um, and don't be afraid, you know, <laughs> just, you know, do things even if they feel uncomfortable. And um, eventually, if you just keep making adjustments, you'll, you'll end up where you want to be. So uh, you guys have your beer. Justin did his job. Yes. <laughs> are you both, are you both drinking with us? Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let me see if I remember how this goes. What brings us together on Steel This Beer is a candid conversation about beer, uh, what it is, not what we want it to be, uh, how it's tasting and presenting in our glass and what it's speaking to us and not what we're trading it for. Is this is this mostly right, Cass? Damn. Am I working? Am I am I am I doing okay? Uh, to facilitate that, <laughs> uh, we drink blind out of black glasses, uh, or at least I am. And uh, during the pandemic, Justin has been going uh, using the company credit card to buy very expensive beers from his bodega uh, to pad his retirement account. We're sure uh, we'll do a full accounting on that later on. And um, then mailing them to our guests. And sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. Uh, both of you have your beer, which is really exciting. Uh, what are you drinking it out of right now? So we do have glasses, but we could go, we have ceramic mugs we could go grab so we can't actually see it, see through the beer. Okay. Do, do, do you already have it poured into clear glasses? No, not yet. Okay. Oh. I can right. run. I'll run. I'll get it. The okay. The mystery is still there. All right. So <laughs> while that, while, while, while you're doing that, um, I feel like I need to stall now and <laughs> add some value i mean you know justin said you guys were fans of the show so i figured like you knew what was going on or at least justin had like sent a note saying like hey pour it into a ceramic mug or something along those lines um Kyle, <laughs> I, was, I, I was looking at um at the at the bio that that justin sent over um and he notes along the way that you were regulars uh, at your old brewing job at both the Extreme Beer Festival up in Boston and Tap New York, which is a festival uh, that I miss so much. And oh, it's never yeah. coming back. It's never coming back. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, I caught up with Paul Leone of the New York State Craft Brewers Association last week uh, up in Syracuse at an event. And um, he he said they might try to do it elsewhere, but somebody bought the mountain and they don't want to do anything but have people ski there. So <gasps> the, the festival we know and love and the, the smells of Belgian waffles in the air and everybody walking around with pretzel necklaces is is gone. I'm yeah. Cass, very sad. Cass, breaking news on the show. Mm. Has that been announced? 
Did I people know that it's not coming back? I don't know. When I saw Paul last week, I was just I was like, I'm excited for the New York State Brewers Conference, obviously, in, in March that's coming up. But I was like, what about Tap, man? What's going on? He's in touch with the folks that had started it, and he said that it's going to be no more for the time being. Um, oh, what a bummer. And, yeah. and, and it's like, Tap, do you, Tap was such a great festival. And do you have it? Do you have it at another place? Is it the same thing? No. You know? Because Augie, obviously Augie and Jesse, you know, they they love that festival. Um, I think anybody that's ever been to it, you know, has it's a soft spot in the heart. And absolutely. The, yeah. the first time I went it's to fucking that, sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The first time I went to that festival, like, uh, you know, brand new in the like brewing industry or whatever. We go there and Barrier is pouring all smoked beers and they had a smoke machine. And yeah. I was like, this is so cool. Like the first stand i go through. i don't even know who these guys are they're like a great brewery obviously so. hey augie's here yeah augie's here now too he can break break his heart too yeah augie did did you hear the news well hold on uh so first of all hi guys thanks for hi. having me hi thieves sorry <laughs> for being late second of all i just hung up a not not that you guys care but uh i just had um i just got off the call with an insurance adjuster because of a catastrophic chiller event at the brewery last monday had to take that call hopefully that call went well we'll figure that out but i'm like okay i can get back on the show i hate being late i log in i hear barrier smoke machine all smoke and i was like <laughs> i left hall alone for four fucking minutes and he's already rebranding something else what's going on with smoke beer boys no it's not the smoked <laughs> beers it's where the smoked beers were being poured and where we're not going to be able to go back to Cass, you want to tell him happen why is never happening again Augie, at hunter mountain why not because somebody bought the mountain and they don't want any beer festivals they only want people to ski there during the winter time Okay, just to be clear, we always held that festival the week after skiing ended. Yeah, well, and hey, I don't, I don't make the rules here. Somebody fucking bought it. You could have bought the mountain, and we could. No, have I'm not. <laughs> you know what? I love how rich you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm like one Porsche rich, not one mountain rich. We, right. we, <laughs> we, we went on a tangent here because Kyle mentioned yeah. his love for tap so, and right. why. So and here's the thing: Kyle is on the phone. Cat is on the phone. Cat. I have already done. I have already done the what brings us together. Uh, they were pouring their beers into ceramic glasses to obscure uh, the color and, right. and the look Hold of on. the beer. I'm pulling out can three. That's where I'm catching up. Yes. yes. And so you now guys we're going to wait for Augie to. No, no, no. no. Been, I want to talk about Tap and Y for a minute. I think we talked about this on the show a little bit, but as long as we're just praising a now dead um, fest. Hold on, I'm giving my first smell. I did not come to praise Tap New York, um, but merely to bury it. Tap New York was always the best. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's neat. Um, Tap New York was always fun for me because I wasn't allowed to participate in it, so I could just go as a fan. Oh, and, you never got the one coveted jersey spot? You mean Ramstein spot? <laughs> um, Atlantic Highlands no. not in the Hudson Valley, therefore. And, no and, and nor would I want Ramstein spot because that was badass for them, right? Oh, as, yeah. as New Jersey was happening, it was badass that Ramstein was there, and I liked seeing them. The years but, that um, Greg would always bring spare kegs of like winter wheat or yep. oh, like his ice box, like that was always a really fun way to pound a couple of those before getting on the bus back home. Anyway, anyway. what do you got on this beer, dude? 
this this is fun. This is this is like grapefruit soda. This this is making me think of the. Um, it is grapefruit soda. Thank you, because yeah. I got something. <laughs> I got you know what it is. It's pithy. It's like yeah. pink grapefruit pithy. Yeah. But when I first tasted, I was like, man, that's awfully vegetal no and no. then i just stopped thinking but but what i what i like about it is whatever what's the what's the famous one that comes in the glass bottles the the german one the schauerhofer Sch- uh, something like that schauerhofer yeah blah, the blah, blah. that always tastes a little too saccharine sweet for me this actually has like a good grapefruit you know you were saying pith uh yeah like that, that, that thick sort of, that yeah, thick but, white <laughs> part the thick white part of a grapefruit okay of a pink grapefruit uh-huh um <laughs> you know when you, you cut it you, think you got here. the biggest you got the biggest piece of fruit in the house and then you find out there was an inch of that white stuff between the skin and the part you want to eat yeah that's what this tastes like <laughs> thanks um so <laughs> good job um but yeah anyway, what about what well, are, so kyle and Kat, it. yeah cat and kyle are drinking it cat you go first i haven't heard your voice yet uh, well, when I first took a sip, I thought pineapple, and I was, I'm wrong, because I thought pineapple and, and something very herbal, and then I heard grapefruit and, and pith, and it was like, oh, no, that's that's exactly what it was. I couldn't find it. So I can see pineapple in this, though. There's that little tingly bit at the end mm-hmm. on, of the sip well, that, that I get with pineapple a lot of the time. Well, Kat, I, I'm exactly with you, because like I said, when I first tasted it, I was like, herbal, and then I kind of stopped myself, and then John said grapefruit, and there's no doubt in my head. I mean, right. it's a can, right? So it's definitely not that Charlotte-Hawkes-Radler, but somebody's Radler. It might be. I don't know. They could, they, they could be canning it, but, but again, it's, it's not sweet enough to be that. Cass would know. Cass would know. So it's funny to talk about sweet. I want to hear what Kyle thinks, but then I want to get back to sweet Radlers. Kyle, yeah. where are you at on this? Yeah, I mean the aroma's totally just dominated by the grapefruit. It's pretty, pretty dry. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like hard to say anything else besides grapefruit on this one. To be, <laughs> yeah. to be really honest, um, and not that good kind of boat beer grapefruit, but like, oh, stop it! Like, yeah, come on. The the bitterness is like, it, I feel like if the grapefruit wasn't there, it wouldn't be bitter at all. But it's got that. Yeah. Totally like kind of a little coarse, like lingering. Uh, you know, when you know, when you go to a store and they have that big fill your juice container machine where the oranges roll down and something just smashes it and then the yeah, carcass yeah. is discarded. And that's like a different level of bitter than if you hand squeeze on one of those like rotary things. Yeah. It tastes, you know what I mean? It's, it's like that level of pithiness, like somebody just hit a grapefruit with a hammer 50 times instead of <laughs> squeezed a grapefruit 50 yeah. times. Um, so the only Rattler I ever remember really thinking about was Six Points did one at some point like seven or eight years ago. And I think in an attempt to be, you know, mad science-y, they ended up making one that tasted to me like when you accidentally buy the Tropicana that has other shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the carton and it's like, you think it's orange juice, but you get home and it's orange juice and mango and banana. And yeah, like, the, the kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only place that stuff ever tastes good is on like the breakfast bar at a Bonvoy hotel. Um, but you know what I mean? It was like um, bought into the rewards program at. Marin, but that was that like saccharine sweetness you're talking about. That yeah. was that saccharine. No, it was mostly a commercial that used to run on the airplanes that my kids just love shouting Bonvoy at me. Um, but anyway, the um. I was like, oh, it's, but why? I don't even like that juice. Why would I put that juice in a beer? What I think is so good about this one yeah, 
is because that begets like that six point beer event in my head eight years ago begets all these horrible things like whatever that cotton candy shit we drank in the last show was. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas this still tastes like beer, right? Like underneath yeah. that grapefruit pith, there's that crackery malt. Oh, it's a beer with grapefruit in it, which I guess is what you'd want if you were calling it, you know, a yeah. rattler, if that's what we're doing. So Kat, you know where, like where would you drink this? Yeah. Where would I? Probably at the beach <laughs> in the heat. I would dig it. Kyle, what about you? Probably camping, breakfast camping with yeah. like some eggs and bacon or something would be pretty good. Nice. This is, yeah, this is one of those ones where if I, if I was down the shore and taking it easy during the day, this would be the one that I would open at like 3 p.m. Yeah. to just start to like ease me into like, all right, I'm going to start cooking pretty soon. I'm going to start, you know, and then by five, I've, I've moved on to other things, but this was sort of like the nice, you know, I was thinking hangover cure. First. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why 3 PM is, is about right for, yeah. The, the next one. Um, and Augie's drinking it at a, at a Marriott hotel. No, no, no. <laughs> that's where I'm drinking the six point one. Bye this boy. one, the, bye bye. Um, this one, so there's something about Rattler, as I understand it, that is associated with cycling, right? Like there's some, it was a, it's a cycling thing. And every time I think about making a cycling beer, I'm emotionally torn between making this type of lager plus grapefruit juice or lager plus our juice versus a Belgian white, because both of those have a strong cycling thing. So for me, this is a post bike bike ride. I'd love it if Carton made a beer like this and I could pull up after a bike ride with people wearing my gear and be like, drink the Rattler. You should talk to the owner about making that happen. I will. First, I got to make the beer cold. The man in the um, mirror. Uh, so you want to know it? what it is? Is Kennedy here? No. I thought he was going to make it. No, this. Cass is here. And uh, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even know what the hell you're drinking. So It is <laughs> Von Trapp's Rattler. Oh, Von Trapp makes a Rattler? Uh, apparently it's a lager with grapefruit it's their hellas uh yeah with grapefruit and look there's a bike on it yeah 3.9 percent 20 like ibus motor on it. vermont mountain spring water this is uh well done all right so here's the thing my fear is if i ever go mountain biking in vermont which i am invited to do every now and then my fear is at the end of the ride they just give me heady topper the whole day and i end up shit can't wasted by 8 p.m this would be a great alternative yeah i'm very happy about this yeah you should be all right so augie i'm gonna catch you up real quick we talked Please about do. connecticut not being all that great but getting better uh and then did you tell him about, about that that fucking smooge beer we just had from connecticut? no man i don't want to keep i was going yeah. to let that be buried in the backyard uh where grass will never grow can. again wherever i you read that candy, i don't know where i put it all smooge, right. you Hank. guys had the smooge seltzer? No, we miss? had something called watercolors from a brewery called Skygazer. Oh, that and one. It's Synergy Number no. Five Cotton Candy, a Berliner style vice beer with here we go: blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, marshmallow, milk sugar, blue raspberry flavor, and artificial cotton candy flavor. Oh yeah. I think we've got. I think actually we got like a weird. From them once this and- yeah let me let me save you the trouble yeah you know just so set wait, it on you, fire you, 
it'll, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like you know when you, you you like you have the fire pit in the backyard and you can buy these like little crystals for the kids where the fire turns like blue and pink. Yes, and everything. Dump this on there and just see yes. if that has the same effect. That's a good call. <laughs> well done, John. See, that's why your poetry is so important to beer journalism. All right, so um, that's what. So that's so wait what a we've second. So about. wait, I want to hear because I think. I think I just heard Kat suggest she traded some of that Patters beer we were drinking for this. Oh no! Is that true? Did you did you guys were you guys like yeah we have a really cool Patters beer? I hear you guys it's a lager make, for a four pack. Make fried Oreo seltzer. <laughs> um, no, our we self distribute and our our guy gets a lot of free stuff. <laughs> so we got it. Anything. Got it. Um, but did. there are people we love in Connecticut. No, yeah, we talked about some of them, and they're okay. and and they're good people. Good, good, good. We'll right, download so the first half of the show and send it over to you, and you can I listen will, to and it I'll and then catch up. Now and then, when the show's over, I'll log back in. But Augie, um, I saved I saved the note that Justin put in for you uh, about Cat's previous employment because I figured that you just want to 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 talk about that. You know, I don't read what he sends. <laughs> So, Kat, you've listened to the show before. You know Augie's fondness for wine. Yes. Why don't yeah. you talk about your previous employment, and then ooh, I'm just going to... What have you... Ooh, derailed, ooh, derailed, ooh, derailed the show. That's it. Well the show. There's no Jesus, coming back take the wheel. No coming back from this. It was what, so what, what wine do you do? Well, so I've always adored wine, and I... I didn't know how much I adored white wine until I... I it's not really employment. I woofed in Alsace, France for oh, wow. uh, almost two months and it was a big experience i had the most wonderful time it was amazing and it was a, a all totally natural anybody i know uh oh my god i'm gonna butcher that. it's the most awkward thing to say with a french accent it's a lagrange de l'uncle charles Ooh, and not it's, ringing a bell no it's small. <laughs> it's in um Ostheim, tiny okay um part of alsace I can't remember the city now that it's close to. Not now, were you do? Were you do? Oh my God! I sorry to interrupt and sorry to keep going back, but I just poured beer four into the glass that had had that fucking shit in it, and all I can smell is that fucking shit. <laughs> where, where, now, where, where are your now kids? I, I thought your kids rattler. are supposed to be there. You know, dude, my running kids proper service for it's a hundred degree day Friday afternoon in the summer. Yeah, my kids are out there. Okay, air conditioning basement is where it's switching at, buddy. cans. Um, yeah, no doubt. All right, so that's super interesting. Were you doing all the aromatics, just Riesling, or were you doing? Did you uh, get to fuck around with Gru not Gruners, but you know what I mean, Pinot and so on? Yeah, he did a whole bunch of regional. Uh, he kind of blended the grapes a lot, so it was a lot. He would bring, come out with. Uh, he didn't have anything that was like just a Muska or a Riesling right. or a Pinot or a Gris, but uh, it was all based on the terroir there. And he had tons of Grand Cru um, hectares of land and. We, it was all biodynamic, so it was all crazy, crazy, <laughs> like uh, dependent on the planets that day when we would weed. Like I went in March, unfortunately. I wanted, to, I've always wanted to go back for the harvest, but I did a lot of um, kind of grooming of the fields and and putting all the natural pesticides together. It was nice. Did you did you do the the goat's horn full of horse shit buried at yes. the north corner of the property under the first full moon of August? Or yes, was it did. that deep? That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. He doesn't use anything. He has two workhorses. He doesn't use anything automated. No machinery. Won't even his grandfather 
who uh, has been in the wine business for his whole life, uses automated clippers, and he won't even use those. They get into arguments about it all the time. Oh, what a, what a sweet and petulant child. I adore this person. And he's, and he's like 29. He's incredible. Yeah, of course. You know, no, nobody, nobody yells at automated clippers once their no. hands get old. <laughs> um, but Come yeah, no, we, did the, we did the whole cow shit thing in a giant copper pot full of rainwater. And yeah. It. it was amazing. John, do you know what biodynamic winemaking no, so, is? No, so, so I... I this is fantastic. Like this is this is a thing I don't actually talk about because I'm horrified of introducing these notions into <laughs> some of our more fucking ridiculous beer makers. Yeah. But there is a hundred percent voodoo witchcraft version of I'm more organic than you are in winemaking called <laughs> biodynamic winemaking. And it is all bullshit across the board. Yeah. And it is wonderful, <laughs> literally. Like, do, do you remember reading um Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, as a kid, basically you make wine the way they cure warts. Okay. It's it's like the it, the original <laughs> books on it are like not even in English. They're still not translated to English. They're they have like uh, references to archangels and things like that in them. Yeah. It's totally insane. The the winemaker would go over and over again. I am not a hippie. I am not a hippie, but this is what we have to do. And I will say, it, it, I don't believe this stuff at all. But at the same time, we would drink like three bottles of wine, four bottles of wine, and I would have no hangover. And we did that the whole time I was there. And I went to Paris for one weekend at the end. I had one glass of wine and I had the worst headache of my life. <laughs> Mm, so, that's because that's because you stopped having the best time of your life so, <laughs> so, so yeah. let's not blame the wine for that that, <laughs> was, that was the hangover of elation ending not the hangover of alcohol in your blood there's no magic there's no magic version of ethanol that doesn't give a hangover there is a magic version of vacation that doesn't give a hangover all right that's um, <laughs> but, so if you're if you are making wine this way is there are there noticeable tastes or, or you know flavors no. or at the end of the day I, what's funniest I, what's funniest is the greatest wine in the world domain romani conti claims to follow it but never tell people so it's just a thing i find a lot of these places also don't irrigate their vines which means that you end up with more of the terroir and in, in the wine itself and i and that that has a big but i don't think that's specifically biodynamic i think that's just a secondary thing yeah well there you know it's as i'm sure you know grapes benefit hugely from torture and yeah. that's kind of what america robbed america and bob parker robbed from all winemaking is making well making smoogey zim blends from california became popular enough that people stopped torturing grapes and started treating it like broccoli yeah. and wine got all fucked up for 30 years but we're coming out of it um anyway so i'm super excited tell me more about tell me more about let's I, so the fun part would be biodynamic because we can talk about that for days but i think we'll just hurt poor john he won't believe us he'll think we're making it up no you know um, I, i'm i'm coming around to it but it's uh seriously look it up and read it it's it's right, it's, it's literally like take a sack of eight dead cats go to the local cemetery <laughs> spin around nine times like it's 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 so <laughs> so wonderful 
but it's you know it's the magic of winemaking not the science of winemaking um so so are you guys but, but bringing Riesling's... the eight dead cats in the cemetery to what you're doing at Nod hill now <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it seems like a missed opportunity to me augie's but, pretty excited about the eight dead cats oh my god dude collaboration but, um, beer in the making <laughs> but it's interesting it's interesting to me because you know there's i've tried to explain on the show before you can disagree with me cat happily it's the most fun part of the show is when people disagree with me but broad strokes i try to explain the difference between a Burgundian palette and a Bordelais palette. And I try to kind of paint with that brush. And I even talk about it in beer making, right? These, these, these beers I love to make fun of, like that cotton candy thing, are born of, you know, that, ze that zeal for the flavors rather than the magic. And Alsatian aromatic wines are a hundred percent on that magic side of what a grape does tasting. And anybody who's dipped their toe in the Alsatian Riesling production world is somebody I'd expect to be making a Patters beer. However, if you just pour Riesling for somebody like, Oh, it's sweet. It tastes like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so they would associate it more with the sweeter beers. You know what I mean? So that's interesting. That's what I'm interested in hearing you talk about is kind of the, the beer for grownups that we've had from you versus the wine for grownups that you used to make. Does that make sense? Is that a fair conversation to introduce? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so, to be honest, the beer I was drinking at the time that I had this kind of palate shift was also like Vermont <laughs> kind of <laughs> and sours. Actually, I did really love um, uh, barrel aged sours, a mixed fermentation beer a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that fell closer, I think, to even though it is a kind of blow your palate thing, a, a more of a white winey kind of dry thing. But uh, when I this place has really shaped in collaboration with my love for that type of wine, shaped my palette for beer as well. Um, they introduced me to a lot of styles like like this sort of Belgian stuff that we end up doing, but it did it did fall in line with what and and I did actually to be fair, I did go to there's a fabulous beer bar there we used to go to that just had the most incredible beer from all over Belgium and Germany and France. And uh, so that that was probably the beginning of that. But but this place I think more agreed with or appealed to that side of me and then and then pulled me more in that direction uh, towards the type of beer that we all love here. But but it is the same as I agree. It's like the, the magic that the grape can do. It's, you know, IPA. There's only so much you can taste in an IPA, no matter what you do to it. I think you can pick it apart to death, but it's the thing that's special. I think about all these lagers and Kulsh's and Belgian beers is that they, they um, leave room for the best parts of them to shine because they don't overwhelm your palate. So you do get to pick out these really, the, the subtlety of the beer and all these different qualities and all these details you put into the beer um, and into the process of making the beer, they, they shine through. So that I think is where the magic is here and, and what Kyle's kind of introduced me to and what I appreciate about this place, so. Right on. Couldn't have said it better. I feel like awesome. I let in perfectly there, John. You missed me, right? I anyway, that's that's so. awesome, Kat. Thank you. Yeah. And um, it's funny, though. You've also given me the greatest interlude to glass, too. Does everybody have glass, too, full of beer? Interlude. Yes. Because 
you, you said you can't do that with an IPA. And I would say more, we aren't doing that with an IPA. Um, that is not where we've gone and what IPAs are, aren't. But there was a time in America where people were trying to make an IPA that could do what we're talking about with big malt character, big bitter character, and, and kind of going for you know, all of the four ingredients playing in a different organization in what was becoming the American IPA out West, which we've left behind for good or bad. I don't care, but this tastes to me like one of those. Yeah. I just got the nose of it. Like spot on mid nineties, like so much so that I'm still like, I'm smelling some husk. I'm smelling a little, you know, a little red, but there's, there's even some of the carmeliness to it that, was suggesting that sweet beer remember i had to dump this and switch glasses there's still enough sweetness to the malt character on the nose of this beer that i'm not sure i switch glasses you know what i mean like there's a real aromatic caramely malt presence in and uh, and all of the you know that smell of hops that you know it's going to be bitter like this feels to me like a like a like a what's which one's avery's maharaja yeah are they canning that uh they were at for briefly but i don't i don't think it's out i don't think it's back out this tastes and feels to me like it could be that yeah i don't there's like that soapy bit there's all those cool ass big fucking nine percent dogfish 90 maharaja it definitely has a the, the the way that I always thought of Maharaja was it was the hops were slightly singed. Like there's something about how long they were in the boil. And I know you can't singe in a boil, but like either way, there, there, there's always <laughs> something about Maharaja, which I adore, that had that sort of singed, you know, baked hop quality to it. And this has that as well. Uh, but that soapiness is there. Uh, that chewy body, um, that just full-on resin assault is—it's—it's it, a throwback. It's—it's a, it's a lot of fun, and it's—it's—it's almost—no, it's not even coming close to making up for that abomination that Justin sent us on the last show. Wow, like, is that fucking it's, horrible? It's—it's—it's. It's, it's, <laughs> feel bad. I feel bad for like the folks who made it, although I—I kind of don't. They knew it. Um, you they, know, ha- read the list of words again. <laughs> Like they knew what they were doing. I don't want that to. is not I don't a want to read those, uh, those words again. So so um, so Kat and yeah. Kyle, when we tasted that beer, I said, I don't know how to make this in the brew house, but I can absolutely make it in a Vitamix. <laughs> so I know there's people that think that's I beer. love that you're making them feel so awkward that these are neighbors of theirs down. Yeah, the I know. They're, <laughs> gonna, they're gonna have to look them in the eyes and be like, Oh, you did not like your fucking this and here's like, the worst this is, part. This is like after we had Scott Wells's triple and Augie and I had to send him some pretty lengthy texts being like, Hey pal, you know we love you. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping All right, so, on, I hope I hope that they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, Somebody's going to tell them, to, especially if they're in the greater metro Connecticut tri-state area. Uh, yeah, Cat went first last time. Kyle, where are you at on this beer? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty like drinkable for being like as bitter as it is, yeah. but, which is pretty cool. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I could echo like definitely pine resin um, and just like the right level of caramel to make it like, even if it oxidizes, like I feel like it's going to taste the same for a while. So it'd probably hold up pretty well on a shelf actually. Yeah. Um, well, it's also boozy as hell. Like I'm afraid of this beer right now because like you said, I'm liking drinking it, but I do have like dinner with my kids in half an hour. Yeah. And this is definitely north of nine, right? Am I, you think I'm wrong there, John? No, I know. I think I think this is a big, boozy, double IPA done yeah, by. If it wasn't for that either. red fruit, if it wasn't yeah. for that red fruit flavor in the in the malting, I would have guessed ninety. Oh, nine? I don't think it's nine. I would say seven is my guess. Oh no, I was saying ninety. The beer, which is nine. Oh, oh I don't know if it has like the malt. I mean, I mean, it does, but it's more just like straight caramel and probably like yeah. two or something whereas 90 i get like more of a maris ottery like crack deep crackery biscuit thing yeah. um, exactly there's some red fruit caramely note to the malt here that makes me think maharaja over 90 but it feels in my face like 90 which is why i'm saying nine percent i'm happy to be wrong this Don't is one of those beers where if i was at like monk's cafe in philly and in 1998 <laughs> <laughs> or, or now um and like a 12 ounce glass was put in front of me after the first sip i'd be like well i'm gonna need two more of these <laughs> yeah and a cap get me get me the bag of dead cats and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyway go on kyle we see yeah, no, no, it also reminds me of some of the victory ipas from like Ooh. early like early 20 10, uh, you know, like, I like that idea. Like dirt they're, they're canning now, right? Yeah, like dirt. Could, yeah, dirt definitely exactly could be like dirt wolf yeah. or hop ranch. I don't know if you ever had that gem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but based on the way that you said gem, makes me think that maybe it wasn't. Well, I mean, North Philly, uh, North Philly has a lot of hop ranches, so leaning into that name makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, definitely like a Columbus, like onion bomb. This, this isn't really that, but no. that beer for the name mostly. Um, no, Dirt Wolf. Uh, well, we still haven't heard. Wolf was always, heard I think, notes. the best name for it. Yeah, we still haven't heard cat's notes. Cat, are we all crazy? You think it's a milk stout? No, no, <laughs> no. I actually, my view. You all said what I was thinking. I, I, uh, my first thought upon first sip was ninety. And then now that I'm drinking it for long, I, I don't think that anymore. Um, and I like the word assault and drinkable at the same time. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> you want to patch him through? Hi, you're on the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very like almost sickly sweet, but not quite. And then also very caramely and the the bitterness it's, it's almost right on the edge of being and the alcohol it's almost right on the edge of being too much for the palate but it's right in the drinkable range so I, yeah i'm not sure what it is but yeah um well, yeah where are you with this uh mr carton oh where am i drinking this so yeah. what's funny is i really like your monks 98 story yeah because i feel like in the right room with the right lighting and that back bar at Monks is definitely the one I'm envisioning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the front room's for amateurs. But yeah. Right. But at the back bar at Monks, sitting in the corner, if you put this in front of me and said, remember. So uh, this is the IPA right before all those C-hop 
aromatic bombs came out that kind of inspire me. These are what these, this tastes like those IPAs before that. So if you grab me in like 2013 at Monks and be like, drink this and remember the integrity of the American IPA. <laughs> integrity. I yeah. would say, I would say, dun, fuck dun, yeah, man. There's so much, so much to this. Dun. And with some fries, man, I would, yeah, this could make for quite the bender. But yeah, it's it's all, it's it's nostalgia, right? It's It's dressing up for a Halloween party. It's, it's. I definitely, yeah, I think I want to go to monks in a time that has long gone by and drink yeah. mugs of this on draft and yeah. then literally be like, there's got to be a cheesesteak around here somewhere, right? Well, no, that's <laughs> when you go to Dinnix at, uh, at the train station. But yeah, um, we're at the old Union Market. All right, you want to know what it is? I yes. do. Because Justin's not here. So this is from Drake's Brewing Company. And I feel like Justin set this up perfectly because Justin wouldn't be able to pronounce this, uh, but I'm certainly unable to pronounce this. This is their. Hold on, let me open it. All right, yeah, I'm gonna let you try to pronounce this. Hold on, hold on, hold Brace on. Brace yourself. It's Drake's Brewing Company. It's their it's double it's IPA. Chicharone. What? Chicharone. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's. Denogonizer. Deno- oh, Denogonizer. So it's your yeah. head, your noggin. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what's funny? That can I've been looking for this whole last hour and a half. Yeah. The, the slushy one. Yeah. Was upside down in my sink with the foil still on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging what looks like strawberry puree. Call, call the plumber. Um, so it's here. Says, I told you my hot water's out too, on top of everything else. The brace yourself. The Nogganizer <laughs> is a massive double IPA that is sublimely hopped with over the top dosing of dank, sticky West Coast hops with just enough malt backbone to keep this big, resinous hop monster in check. Don't be afla- afraid to lose your head to the Denogonizer 9.75% ABV. From Drake's, they're uh, they're they're old school at this point. They've been around for twenty plus years, I imagine. They're is this is this in one of their beers they've made the whole time? How, how if I know? I mean, you know, I'm surprised that Justin got this in in Brooklyn. I mean, if I, only I thought, if, if only one of us had been reporting on beer for twenty years and could answer questions like that. sure, I can talk <laughs> about Drake's because I've been there, but I didn't know that they were distributing to New York. Like it's. It seems like a long distance for an IPA to travel in this day and age. So, dude, the pandemic you know, has everybody selling everything everywhere they can in cans. Here's the Just thing: used to that, this was packaged on the third of November of wow. 2020. Wow! So then it holds up quite nicely. It really because does. I had like so we did talk about the malt a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean. So so, but I never would have said. The hops were gone. The bittering charge was enough to hold it for all of that time. Oh, yeah. With some style and grace. That's fucking cool. That makes it yeah. even cooler. I, I think they nailed the bitterness like really yeah. spot on. Yeah. And yeah. they're like hiding the alcohol really, really well. I mean, like I said, from one of us, they're hiding it really well right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. From Mr. <laughs> 7%, one of us guessed nine. Anyway. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I've got a I've got a real sensitivity to oh this is gonna fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> I think they all right, so, on the head with exactly what they were trying to do though. I think it's great. 
yeah, no doubt. So let's get back to Nod Hill. Um, what did I miss that was important, John? What what would I have keyed in on that that they, that you got out of them so I don't rehash um, Justin's amazing notes? Because otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking about Alsace. Well, I mean, I wanted to talk about their cool ship, but that's... All right, let's talk about their cool ship. Yeah. How yeah. cool is it? Does it have spinners? Super cool. No spinners <laughs> yet, but that's in the works. The underglow <laughs> is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is orange at Carton. I'm going to put an orange underglow on the... Nice. Oh, cool shit. Anyway, go on. This. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ours is just an old, uh, old dairy tank picked up off of uh, Craigslist uh, for like you know three hundred bucks or something. Um, oh yeah, the Cool Ship Connections page. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Missed um, Cool Ship Connections. <laughs> yeah, uh, we haven't actually released. Oh no, no. One of our, uh, one of our beers, one of the fruited uh, mixed firm beers, had a portion of year old Cool Ship in it. But none of it has been released on its own uh, yet. But we're doing um, kind of like a modified turbid mash uh, on those beers, kind of similar um, to what uh, I read about Jester King doing, where you basically like as soon as you mash in, you're pulling uh, mm -hmm. whatever percentage, boiling that, uh, and then just leaving it in the kettle boiled, essentially, and then running the rest in uh, so you still have some starch, you know, uh, in there yeah and then, you know just you know letting it chill overnight and going straight into barrels um and you know tasting them so far they're they're clean so far which is a, a good sign you know as far as i know you you really just like are trying to avoid in the early stages avoiding like white cheddar or diaper you know, <laughs> whatever so I, I think we have a good start um but we'll, we'll see where that we'll see where that goes um but uh, mixed firm in general, we've just been uh, trying to push forward with. We've got a you know twenty barrel French oak fooder, um, nice. and we're doing a, a bunch of like uh, Brett aging with the Trappist beers. So we have a beer uh, called the Wand, which is basically Ace of Wands. We take that post primary, dose it with you know some Brett and PDO, put it in some wine barrels, and let it sit. Um, and you know those beers are pretty awesome. Uh, so wait, that was a low ABV beer though, right? The the Ace, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. five. It's a five percent beer, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, wow, I'd like to taste that when it comes out because oh, we have yeah, we have it out. I've got bottles. Uh, All right, cool. Send we'll me definitely have to send get on that, Justin. Get us the beer. Don't, yeah, Justin, do that. I like that. I like that you think that Justin's going to listen to this. Yeah, he might. So, so in the fruited ones, have you added? artificial cotton candy flavor to them yeah. <laughs> no. no just uh, uh anise you know some uh hmm. some <laughs> you know. nice i'm really interested in how it uh how that ferments like artificial flavor oh if it's, yeah if it's any sugar oh. to it or not i'm not yeah, really no. that interested in no. <laughs> i am i am <laughs> Give me 55 yeah. gallons. I'll just ferment it. Oh, right. That's Diet Mountain Dew. hard seltzer. Um, all right. So, so that's that sounds super exciting. Um, so how did you two team up? Where were you? I know Justin's notes had had past history. So where did you both come from? And how did you how did you find your way from from Alsace to Patter's beer from Riesling to Patter's beer? Kat, how How's that going? Um, so actually, I was living in Toronto when I went to Wolfman Alsace, uh, and I was nannying. 
and not enjoying it. <laughs> um, there is a lot of good beer in Toronto though, but, um, and I had just moved home, set up with nannying and timing was everything. Our actually our distro guy I went to high school with and he, I ran into him and he happened to, I happened to say that I was a home brewer and he mentioned that he was working here and that he thought I would really like it and that they were looking for some help. Um, so it was really kind of luck and timing and also just keeping up with homebrewing, hoping that it might turn into something one day. And um, I came for an interview and uh, I think Kyle liked my neuroses. <laughs> um, and that, that and I uh, ended up helping out with things like canning and, and whatever they needed just a few days a week. And then our other brewer um, decided to leave to pursue something different kind of all of a sudden and I was able to Kyle gave me generously gave me the option of kind of learning from the ground up with uh you know more professional brewing and um I've been doing that ever since and I love it I, this yes I feel like I feel like this bit of tale plus ace of wands from previous experience plus a little bit of Riesling is exactly the 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 sunshine my soul needed after drinking something that had the ingredient blue in it <laughs> and you are so you're you're gonna be mad at this for weeks i'm, I'm not even I'm mad at it i'm excited i'm, I'm just, excited I'm about having a uh, sky gazer on the all. show <laughs> get him on get him on right away and i'm gonna ask him seriously why do you call it beer why not just call it well sunshine? here's the thing so i i've been curious so i looked up what uh, sky gazer is all about uh, and on their website, it says, let's go on a journey at Skygazer. We respect and challenge tradition simultaneously. We want to redefine what a craft beer can and should be. So they're putting it out there right now. So, uh, oh, I fuck it now. I, yes, I'm excited. Because <laughs> here's Augie, the thing. Augie's running up the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum right am, now. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, it's, and you know what the problem here is? It's the sugar from that beer coursing through my blood, making me super excited to drink. But um, all right, we'll talk to them. Seriously, Justin, get them on the show. I really want to talk to him about how traditional that the adding of cotton candy flavor was to how challenged my tradition. Well, you see when the style yeah. started back in but July anyway, of 2021. Anyway, we didn't have you guys on it if famous guy. I'm just still no. in awe. <laughs> like when I was guessing what it was, and I still can't read the side of the can, but John said 700 words of things that went into that beer when I was trying to figure out what it was. Anyway, um, Anyway, so let's get back to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I love how, Sorry. yeah, it, it's, it, 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 honestly, as I said on the last show, it tasted like Saturday morning breakfast cereal. Like this was what, like I would get while I was watching Ninja Turtles and then get eating so Ninja up Turtles on sugar. while watching it. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm telling yeah. you, I had three sips of it and I am fucking jumping around this house. I know. I, I'm ready to take uh, the kiddo to the playground right now just so I can do laps <laughs> around, you know, while she's on the slide. It's going to be fun. It's not, you know, yeah. I'm super excited. Anyway, we've wasted so much of your guys' yes. visit talking about, talking about candy beer. Um, all right. So, John, you, you started it. You tie it together. We've already run over. Um, what, what else should I have talked about that I didn't because I'm so fucking hot? No, no I, I'm, I'm excited to get up to, to see what you guys are doing, especially now that you have this outdoor space. Oh, yeah. By and, the way, yeah. Kennedy's been there. Hi. 
Yeah. Kennedy said he's been there. Why was he there? Are you guys part? He's of writing it off on his book? taxes. Is this part of the farm brewery book? No, no, we're not. Okay. We're not farm brewery now. <laughs> that would add to the, the poop in the jug thing that you guys were talking about. Though. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Um, all right. So we don't have a letter. We don't have a letter. I know, but I, I the, so I came in to tap me and was gone. That, that is that unsaid what, what do you, um yeah. but uh but I'll, I'll research that and we'll bring that up soon guys thanks for joining us and thanks for making that beer has anybody have have the thieves that episode was how long ago did we drink that beer so they've had a uh, chance it was when to Todd get Mott was on so it was earlier okay. this summer all right so i hope you guys found that beer and tried it if not if they want to come visit you guys and taste it how how where when what's the story there so specifically, that beer is on draft pretty regularly. I would definitely just check beforehand. But um, yeah, just come directly to the tap room. We'll have uh, cans of that beer plus bottles of the mixed firm version as well. So you can check that nice. out. Yeah. Um, Good trip for you and me, John Hall. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I've okay. suggested trips to you this week. I'm waiting on responses, yeah, buddy. Long distance trips with Delta variant rolling in on my fall but anyway we'll talk about that later keep talking kyle yeah yeah um yeah so come to our tap room in ridgefield connecticut um we have other trappist beers if that's your thing in bottles uh, uh quad double and a triple uh, all in bottles naturally carved um, oh wow yeah mixed firm stuff let's find an airbnb call <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah Cute little right bed and breakfast. that's fun yeah. what's your medias and Cass? are you ready to do our media speech Fuck yeah. All right. So what's your <laughs> medias? And then we'll let Cass throw on his base. Uh, our medias? Yeah. What what do they track you on? How oh, do they Instagram you? How do they Facebook you? How do they follow you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instagram, not Hillbury. I don't think we have a Facebook. I think we have a fan, I think we have a fan created Facebook. <laughs> well, you guys are good. That's even better. <laughs> but um, Instagram or our website, nodhillbrewery.com. Yeah, is we good. Can very updated okay all right well perfect guys thank you so much for taking the time with us thanks for making that beer and it sounds like john and i are going to try to get up there for a day of drinking so we'll see you soon yeah and you will be stop off at sky gazer on our way (laughs) we have to get sky gazer on we've already the text chain is going justin has his marching orders Cass has this guy's email um Cass, did you can that beer I did not can that beer, but I had spoken to him long, long time ago. So what I one of the questions I want to ask Cass when they come on is how hard is it to clean the canning line after that stuff has gone through it? I have my procedures. I don't know what Cass, he would, has you, for would, his you, would you would you can this beer? Is there an upcharge to can this beer? No, there's no upcharge as long as it don't have lacto or Breton. And it's just beer. It has both of those. <laughs> that one has lacto and bread in it. I don't claims know. to be a Berliner no, Weiss. Lactose. It has lactose in it. Lactose. But it claims to be a Berliner Weiss. That's a lactic That's, firm. Okay. Anyway, go on. Anyway, it should, Cass, it should be killed off. Cast. Anyway, who who gives a shit about Sorry, that? Guys. It's a, it's about the Patreons right now. You That's guys right. are the stars of this show. You keep this show rolling, and we appreciate you. Uh, those that don't donate, maybe like to kick us a couple bucks. Patreon.com slash steal this beer. Follow us on all the social medias. Apparently, Facebook is dead, but you know we're on Twitter, we're on the gram. 
steal this beer, see what we're drinking on untapped. And uh, yeah, send us some love letters. Steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. We haven't gotten any angry or lovely letters lately. So give us something. So Justin has something That's to right. read whenever he returns. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks. Uh, get at us. Cheers. Cheers.